The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Today we continue with our series as we speak to thought leaders, think tanks about what is going on in South Africa at the moment, the current political situation. And as always, uh, we ask them to write for us and then we place uh, the article on our website. It's uh, safm.co.za. So you can go there, you can read it. It's uh, never longer than 600 words. And uh, then we interact uh, with our guest uh, to tell us exactly uh, um, uh, and at least to talk us through uh, their thought processes on these articles. So you can join us on 0891-104-208. You can SMS us on 40938. Tweet or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM using the hashtag AM Live. And this morning uh, we are in conversation with uh, political analyst uh, Aubrey Machikli. And uh, he has added a new dimension uh, to the reading of our human state of being at this point in in time, And I think uh, most of us would agree that everything really does seem to be kind of topsy-turvy, upside down at the moment, uh, no matter where you look, where you go. And how do we actually place this uh, in the context of the political situation, the leadership situations um, that we are faced with in the country? So Aubrey also gives a warning that uh, in the turbulence that we see and hear in both global and domestic affairs today, it is actually God and the spirit of our ancestors calling on us to stop, listen, reflect, an act. So we're going to talk about that. And the lines are open 0891-104-208. Aubrey, thank you so much for coming through this morning. Good morning, Sakina. Tawaz. So what is actually going on at the moment? Well, there, there are two things I want to start with. I want to start with who we are and what we are as human beings. And this is from my perspective as a Sangoma, that our essence is spirit. Our essence is the spirit. So essentially we are spiritual beings, which means to try and understand what is going on in our personal lives, in the world, in South Africa, uh, we must go to our essence, the spirit, because part of the answer to the questions we are posing is spiritual. The second thing to appreciate is that it's not the first time in the history of humanity that the world seems to be in turbulence or is actually going through some turbulence. You may think this is new because it is happening in your lifetime and you were not in previous lifetimes. But we have heard this turbulence in the world before. Um, And each time it has been an opportunity for humanity to reflect on the human condition, to reflect on spiritual matters, to reflect on certain relationships the relationship between uh, human beings and God, the relationship between 
human beings from the perspective of a Sangoma and our ancestors uh, to reflect on the relationship between human beings because those relationships, particularly breakdowns in those relationships, are to some extent the reason we see this turbulence in national life um, on the continent and in the world. And therefore, every time there is some turbulence globally, continentally, or in the national space, in the past, humanity is given an opportunity to sit down, to sit still, and to listen to the voice of God and to the voice of the ancestors. And if we, if we do that, if we just sit still and listen, we will hear them speaking to us. And we will hear them speaking to us about what the problem is. And we will hear them speaking to us about what we need to do to find solutions. You also uh, quote Einstein, um, a human being as part of the whole, called by us the universe, and a part limited in time and space. And you go on um, you know, to quote him further. Again, you know, as an individual, how do I make sense of what that means to me and the turbulence that I am feeling about what is happening around me? Well, I love that quote from Einstein. Um, I love it for the fact that it comes from a world-renowned physicist, one would have assumed that a physicist would not think of the human condition in that way. And, and what Einstein is saying is true, because what he is saying is that we are indivisible from the universe. Mm. We are not only part of the universe, but we are the universe. We are indivisible from one another. We are indivisible from nature. I am indivisible from you. You are me and I am you. And one of the solutions to our problems is for the me to die. So that the we can live. But what may seem contradictory is the fact that in order to find a solution to global affairs, continental affairs, and national affairs, you actually must appreciate that the solution is in you. So you need to go inside but, but, but to I, find the solution. I'm perturbed. I'm troubled. Every day when I turn on the radio, when I turn on the TV, if I look at the newspapers, just listening to everything that is going on around me. It's all doom and gloom and destruction and despair. How then, how do I find, um, you know, inner peace, as it were, with all of these external factors coming well, into play? Well, you are right. It's doom and gloom. 
its wars, political strife, corruption, murder, and so on. The breakdown of families, Mm. the breakdown of communities, the breakdown of relationships, whether between human beings as individuals or between human beings as countries and continents. That is the noise around us. That is the radio station you are tuned into. There is another radio station we need to tune into. And you cannot tune into that radio station unless you give yourself moments to sit still. There is too much noise, but there is also too much movement. And therefore, there is a need to sit still. And if you sit still, you will hear the other radio station. And you will hear the voice of God. You will hear the voice of the ancestors speaking to you from that radio station. There's also a need to appreciate the nature of thought. Remember, uh, and this is something you and I have discussed many times, that thoughts become things. The nature of your thoughts determine the nature and quality of the things your thoughts become. And in the absence of silence, genuine silence, the quality of your thoughts and therefore the quality of the things that are created by your thoughts will be poor. So that is the first thing. But we also need a sense of humility. One of the things which makes us human is our capacity for thought. But remember that knowledge is limited because what we know is already in the past and is always in the past. Mm. So, Knowledge as a product of thought or thought as a product of knowledge is limited. And if we accept that thought is limited, the question you must ask is what lies beyond thought? And if you ask that question, what then you will have to appreciate is that you need guidance so that you improve the quality of your thought or your thoughts, so that the things that your thought creates themselves will improve in their own quality. So essentially you are saying, put on the brakes, slow down. We, in our daily lives, and you will know this better than I do, Islam... Um, is a way of life, the followers of Islam tell us. But that is actually not unique to Islam. That was the case before Islam. That was the case before Christianity. There was no division between the spiritual and the material. The spiritual or what some might call the religious were a part of daily life. 
So you did not reserve a certain day for religion or spiritual matters. Spiritual matters were part of your daily life. Whether you are eating, whether you are plowing, whether you are walking from one place to another, um, the spiritual was indivisible from the material, was indivisible from our lives. And so that, that is very important to, to appreciate for, for a very important reason. That this silence is a prerequisite to something else. Mm-hmm. We are being called upon to be co-creators and dream the kind of world we want into being. Because if we don't, others will dream the kind of world they want into being. And it may not be the kind of life that is good for humanity. It may not be the kind of life that God approves of. It may not be the kind of life that the ancestors approve of. So we also have this task as human beings to be co-creators who dream the kind of world, a good world we want, into being. And here, it's not just sitting down and dreaming. Um, it's you actively dream the kind of world you want into being, which means the dreaming we talk about involves action, must be followed by action to co-create the kind of world you want. Which is very interesting because now I'd like to know from our listeners as well, um, do you take the time? at any point during the day to just be still, gather your thoughts, imagine this world that you want to live in and are you actively doing something towards achieving uh, that world which you want to live in, which we all want to see, where we can all live in harmony and uh, there's abundance uh, for all. Do we take the time to be still with ourselves? And I know the scriptures speak of this, um, uh, the Abrahamic scriptures. They speak of that moment of being silent. Um, do we do that or are we just so overwhelmed by what's going on around us that we just run with everything and we see that every day uh, we are constantly reacting to what is going on? And do we take a moment to reflect a moment to step back before we react to what is going and on. And these days we are constantly staring at a screen, television, laptop, tablet. That's what we're doing. Um, but, but isn't it difficult for us, Aubrey, in an age where, you know, when, when you say in your piece that we fail to truly listen, But listening is a skill, a skill that very few of us have actually mastered. So if we don't even know how to listen, where do we start? Listening is a skill. You are right. Listening is also more than a skill because listening must also be spiritual. To truly listen to another human being, to truly listen to the voice of God, to truly listen to the voice of 
the ancestors. You must cleanse your consciousness of certain things, prejudices, fears, pain, and so on. Because unless you, you cleanse your consciousness of those things, you compromise your capacity to listen, not just listening as a skill, but listen, listening with the spirit. And, and, and what that means is that whatever meditation means to you, mm. you do need to be in a meditative state so that you can truly listen. And to truly listen, you don't go into a state of meditation by forcing your brain to keep quiet. Uh, your brain must keep quiet so that genuine listening can happen because you have cleansed your being, you have cleansed the spirit, you have cleansed the mind uh, of all these negative things that the mind, the brain, has been accumulating for millions of years. The brain is very old. The brain for millions of years has accumulated fears, prejudices, hatred, and all sorts of things. And you must go into a state of mind, a state of the brain, a state of the spirit, in which you cleanse yourself of all of this in preparation for the process of listening. Now, of course, this is not something you will achieve in a day. Mm. This is something that needs practice. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm reading some of the messages coming through, Aubrey. And uh, let me just open the lines at this stage. 0891-104-208. So as Piwa says, we've been sitting still for 10 years. Where did it take us? To Dubai. The Guptas stole uh, whilst we were sitting still. And uh, then uh, Thloni says, in a country where a president has been stolen, there's pandemonium and there's no time for meditation and reflection. Well, it is, it is precisely because we don't give ourselves time to sit still and reflect that we are overwhelmed by these things. Now, remember what I'm saying. I am saying we must all become co-creators, dream the kind of world, the kind of South Africa we want into being. But this is active dreaming in the sense that the dreaming must go together with action. So what the two messages are talking about is not about the kind of being still and silence I'm talking about. They're talking, talking about being passive. If they have been passive, yes, uh, passivity will produce um, the, the, the results they're talking about. Because passivity dulls the mind and it dulls the spirit and it renders you inactive. Um, so I'm not talking about being a zombie because what they are describing is the state of being a zombie. I'm talking about something much deeper. Um, and there is this misconception um, 
that to be spiritual um, means to sit still and you harm a particular mantra and you become divorced from the world. Um, being spiritual is about changing the world. Um, but changing the world by seeking answers and guidance from the realm of the spiritual, from God and the ancestors. So what the two listeners are talking about is a zombie-like state, which is not what I'm talking about. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero eight. Let's squeeze at least one uh, call in before the news break, and then we'll take the others after. Erlin Clarkstorp, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Sakina. Good morning, Aubrey. Good morning. Uh, first of all, I don't know when last have I listened to such a well thought through, calm, and reflective conversation, Aubrey. I agree with you one million percent because most of the conditions we find ourselves in, in as human beings is most of the time beyond our uh, our control. But how we react to that depends on our attitude towards life itself, towards our own being as human beings, and to what we perceive as good or evil in life. Uh, and if one reflects upon South Africa and what we're currently experiencing, above all, irrespective of whatever we face as a country, the thing that we sometimes lose fact of because of our past is that in spite of all this madness, all of us as a collective, in our diversity, we remain South Africans. And if we, if we adopt that approach, we will be able to handle these difficulties with ease, with calmness, and with solutions that will be lasting and effective to us as a nation. And thank you very much for, for your thought-provoking thoughts on, on, on this uh, situation right now. Thank you so much, Erlin Clarkstorp. We're speaking to Aubrey Machikli this morning as we continue our series on the current state of South African politics and a spiritual slant on the matters currently um, faced uh, facing South Africa this morning and uh, talking about Aubrey's views on this. And uh, let me just read some of the messages before I get back to the calls. Bob in Durban says, your guest is a typical African shifting the blame. We are here because of the corrupt ANC. Uh, Tolim Zobe says, a man can't save man from himself. There's nothing within man to look at. Man is depraved. Without God in our lives, we don't even have to sell... have a self to love, um, and never mind our neighbors by the same measure, uh, Christ within each of us and not just religion is the answer now. Um, then, uh, Karen from Camberg Valley says, uh, Sakina Aubrey speaks the truth with great wisdom and insight. I spend time daily with God by reading the Bible and praying, and I then meditate for 10 minutes. The benefits are exactly as Aubrey describes. I left the corporate world to become a life coach so I can make a difference in the lives of others. Um, And Claire in PE says, if we turn off the screens and look at what is around us, we will see that we are surrounded by so much more good and love than bad and hate. Hate breeds fear and uh, that feeds the leaders who wish to keep us in a state of war and discord and a profitable state for a few. Wake up, unite, 
and celebrate uh, a good to starve the bad. And uh, Ken says, uh, as an atheist, I frankly think your guest is smoking his socks. Um, uh, Dave in Durban says, all this talk about God, religion, spirit, etc. is just man-made hogwash, a pipe dream uh, where there is not the slightest bit of evidence to support that and uh, someone else saying what a pleasure to listen to your guest this morning thank you and uh, Karen says hi Sakina if only Aubrey were leading South Africa right now we need a spiritual leader and a vision imbued with spiritual values Aubrey I just want you to respond to that before I take the calls uh, because I'd want you to respond to them also uh, in that way but you know looking at what people are saying we, we, we are here because of uh, the decisions of men uh, who have made poor decisions, who are corrupt, who are looting. And these are our realities in this country. And some feel that no amount of spirituality or finding our core is going to help us. Well, let me start with your first tweet. Aubrey is doing the typical African thing of shifting the blame. I assume the person who has written that tweet is not African or does not consider himself African. I may even further assume that the person is not black, and that is why he writes in this way. Now, according to his logic, my reductionist response would be, but I'm tempted not to respond in that way, but my reductionist response would be, the irony of that message is that the person is shifting the blame to the ANC and to President Jacob Zuma, as if everything that is going wrong in South Africa can be blamed only on the ANC and President Jacob Zuma. But he is doing something else. Um, There are those people who think the scenes of apartheid can be cleansed by the weaknesses real and perceived of the ANC government, President Jacob Zuma, and so on. The second thing is this. There is no or should be no disconnect between the spiritual and our political reality. God has always been an interventionist God. In other words, if you are talking about corruption, you are talking about evil. Mm. And because you are talking about evil, as spiritual beings, you are called upon to act against evil. And because corruption is evil, you are called upon to act against corruption. But also, I hope those who are atheists, and, and by the way, I come, I come from there. Yep, you I'm do. a former mm-hmm. um, atheist, a former materialist, and Marxist-Leninist. Um, for those who are atheists, I, I, I hope their atheism is not an excuse for inaction. I may be smoking my socks... But my smoking my socks does not stop you from acting against evil. Um, I don't think there is anything irrational about an atheist acting against corruption 
and other forms of evil that we find in our political space. Because whether you're spiritual or not, you are called upon to act against evil. Well, let's take a few calls. Gaino and Hermanus, good morning. Oops, there goes. Was that Gaino or was that another line? Um, uh, let's try Paki uh, or Spusiso in Newcastle. Good morning. Can you hear me? We can hear you, Spusiso. Okay. I just agree 100% with Aubrey. I just want also to throw another spin to the discussion we're having this morning. One of the things that some of us never agreed with with this new dispensation of democracy in South Africa is this issue of uh, abortion of, of, of abortion, you know, the way it's done here in South Africa. Uh, I think the Department of Health is probably would even be scared to give us the statistics of how many how many abortions have been performed since 1994 because that's a huge amount, uh, it's a huge number. I want to ask Aubrey's uh, opinion on this because my personal feeling is that the souls of these innocent um, kids that are being murdered by by allowance of the state are hovering over us and will probably result into the, um, this anarchy that we see in South Africa today. Aubrey, please comment about that. All right. Thanks, Busiso in Newcastle. Uh, let's try Paki in uh, Cape Town again. Paki, good morning. Ooh, we Sakina. <laughs> this topic topic this morning is indeed thought provoking. Greetings to you, SK, and greetings to Ubabu Mashiko. Good morning. Um, Sakina, we are an angry society. We need these conversations. We need these introspective types of, 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 of conversations, converse with ourselves just before we can get onto the stage and open our minds to speak to the entire society or to the public, even in our churches or our families. Talking about families, I was just wondering, perhaps maybe uh, Mr. Mashikri can can comment on this one before I put on the phone. Shouldn't perhaps we start to have these conversations in our families, Sakina? And now we're again for it to um, 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 Aubrey. You know, Sakina, I'm asking this question because not so long ago, one of the great leaders I admire most, Uba Bovazi, um, stood on the um, um, podium and was actually saying, Fortec to Jacob Zuma, Fortec Zuma, Fortec Kanjalonje. Whilst we were listening, Young ones were listening. Shortly afterwards, walking down the street, young ones were thinking themselves. I said, but then Nina as an adult, I don't re- I, I no longer see the relevance of intervening to these kids and say, but then how can you talk like that, Umdonomani? Where did you learn this? Because I knew for a fact you probably saw this um being said by on the television and others as well. Sakina, this morning, the topic is so thought-provoking. We are an angry society. I'll listen on the radio because I'm aware that there's a lot of other calls would like to contribute, SK. Thank you very much, my dear. Indeed. Thank you, Paki. Jabu in Mayaton, good morning. Morning. How are you? Can you get? We are good, thanks. Thank you. Um, actually, um, um, I feel pity because I did not start the conversation uh, to listen to this conversation. I have just started to listen to it now. But 
um, the last comment that Aubrey made, it actually made me to make this call. Uh, I would like to just make two comments. Point number one is that we, we agree with him. Look, the spirituality of our country has dropped down to such an extent that um, we see all this corruption, we see all these evil things that are happening in, 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 our, in our country because we have not taken care of our spiritual life. Now, another thing that I want to say is that um, uh, we, we, we need to make a balance in our spiritual life, in our mental life, and in our physical life. We seem to be concentrating more on our physical and our mental life, as, uh, mental spheres, the physical spheres of our life, and ignore the spiritual one. And if we ignore that one, that's way we, uh, we move into the direction that the country is moving in. The evils of corruption, the evils of apartheid cannot be corrected by any other way. We need to go and pick up our spiritual uh, spheres way of life. So the other thing that I want to comment is that yeah, and I, 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 was, I was also taken by the statement when he says he, he is coming from an atheist environment. You see what? An atheist, before he can become an atheist, he needs first to understand and accept that there's God. And once he has accepted and, and believed that there's God, then he needs to convince himself away from the presence of God so that he becomes an atheist. You cannot be an atheist without first recognizing the presence of God. That's, how, that's the process of becoming an atheist. I don't know whether Audrey will agree with me, but thanks for calling and making the call. Thanks so much. Uh, Jabu in um, Mayerton. Uh, Joe in Cape Town, good morning to you. A very good morning to you, Sakina, and very good morning to uh, Obey your guest there. Good morning. Um, I do agree with what he's saying, but to add to that, I should also say that we are not only an angry society, we are a deceived society living in total chaos and anarchy. Now, anarchy itself has been orchestrated, and chaos as well has been orchestrated because it feeds into how we respond to things. Where there's chaos and anarchy is where there's a playground of corrupt people because they need that to do whatever they need. Where there's order, they'll be very, very difficult, uh, the same chances of being corrupt. But chaos is what has made everything to be where we are today. So I do believe we have to uh, tap into our spiritual side and, and so on, but that is one of the sides that we have to tap in. We must also tap into our civil. As Africans, we are civil people. We are civilians. Let's tap into that and understand where we are and go forward. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Joe. Staying in Cape Town, um, uh, Yaj, good morning. Morning, Sakina. I'm a bit disappointed in that Aubrey has become a kind of new age re- uh, a promoter of re- religion, yeah, a new age religion, rather than using his uh, renowned intellect to analyzing the underlying cause of the collapse of uh, the economic systems that's currently in process. And be- behind all of this is a failure of a growth paradigm to deliver to people an economic system that has concentrated wealth so badly in throughout the world an economic system that's based on the extraction of fossil fuels, and today there are no longer cheap fossil fuels. In spite of the oil price being low, that's because of very low growth in the world. But we need to imagine a new world. And I went to a very interesting meeting by a Professor Lorenzo Fioramonti, 
who has launched his book called The Well-Being Economy. He's a professor at the University of Pretoria. And we have to unite behind what this man is saying about imagining and creating a different world where there will be redistribution without growth. We need development without necessarily this growth, growth, growth mantra. Okay, uh, Yaj in Cape Town. Mutala in Durban, good morning. Yeah, now I want to give you the God's guideline to humanity how to behave, how to act, how to do this. First of all, avoid suspicion as much as possible. But suspicion in some cases is a sin in, in the eyes of God. And spy not on each other. Nor speak ill of each other behind their back. Should you like to eat the flesh of the dead brother, this is what God asks you. All those who believe, persevere in patience and consistency. Why in such perseverance? Strengthen each other and fear God that ye may, that ye may prosper. And do thou patience, for thy patience is from God. Nor grieve over them, and distress nor thyself because of their plots. That's Mutala there in Durban, and that line not very clear, but I think we did hear what he had to contribute. So very interesting, um, Aubrey, and and, and also uh, many people asking about uh, your... um, conversion i'm looking for a word uh, from atheist <laughs> from being atheist uh to uh, back to you know uh religion and also some talking about the distinction between religion and spirituality and others asking can um ancestors and god coexist in the same space. So many questions, many varied questions, and uh, uh, to add to that is the political landscape that we find ourselves uh, in at the moment. In case, Sakina, there are those who are saying, Aubrey thinks he is better than us. Um. I I ran away from my calling for more than 30 years. I became aware 30 years ago that I was being called to be a Sangoma. And for many reasons, I ran away from my calling. And one of the things I struggled with right towards the end, just as I was about to accept my calling, I looked at myself and I said, I am such a flawed person. I am not worthy of such a calling. I am such a sinner. I have committed many a terrible sin. And therefore I am not worthy of, of the calling to become a Sangoma. Then I remembered many things, including the fact that the ancestor of Jesus, David, killed her husband because he wanted the wife. But David became Jesus Christ's ancestor. And there are many other examples. And 
when I had that epiphany, then I realized that God and the ancestors will call you despite the fact that you are flawed and you have committed many terrible sins. Now, there is no contradiction whatsoever between what I am saying and what people like Iyash are saying. It is my view, and I've written many times, and I've given many speeches about this. It is my view that capitalism is evil. It is my view that the exploitation of man by another man is evil. It is my view that there is no reason why any single individual on this planet should be hungry because the resources are there to make sure that no human being on this planet goes to bed hungry. The economic choices we make make some amongst us, many amongst us, millions amongst us, to go hungry. And those economic choices are evil. And we are called upon to attack evil. As I said, God is an interventionist God. When we ask for guidance from God, we must do so because we are asking God to make us instruments of change to make us instruments of his intervention. Because God is on the side of the poor, of the oppressed. And therefore, fighting the evils of the economic choices that we make, choices that make others go hungry and poor, is not the sole preserve of a Marxist or a communist or a left-wing activist those of us who believe in God, who believe in the ancestors, who believe that in essence we are spiritual beings, are called upon to do the same thing. We must accept that in South Africa, as is the case in the world, we are many things. But we can be many things acting together towards the common goal of eradicating evil, whether it's social, whether it's political, whether it's economic. There was a question about uh, some of the legislation in this country and uh, some of the laws that we've adopted. And uh, the question is, are these perhaps uh, having an impact and uh, playing out in what we are seeing this evil uh, that is gripping the country at the moment? And Spasisa was talking about abortions in particular. Well, I will give you an incomplete answer. I will, I, will, I will confess right at the beginning that some of my answers are incomplete because spiritually I'm still very young myself. I believe and maybe through a process of reflection and conversation with others, my mind will change about this. But I believe in, uh, let, let me put it this way, my orientation is pro-choice. The question for me is what informs that choice? 
And the essence of what we've been, I've been saying since we started is that your choices must be informed by what God, and in my case as a Sangoma, the ancestors are saying is the right thing and are saying is the wrong thing. That's what should inform your choice. But yes, we have sinned in many ways, including um, abortion. And if it is your view that I am correct in having a pro-choice um, approach, and it, it is, if it is therefore your view that abortion is a sin, and it is a sin you yourself have committed, you, you cannot change the past. You can ask God and the ancestors for forgiveness. But in future, of course, face to the same choice. Base that choice on what you believe God wants and what the ancestors want. And therefore, my, my broad point as far as this is concerned is that if pro-choice to you means that the choice must be governed as a spiritual person by what is good in the spiritual realm, then that's what pro-choice means to me. Here's a, a tweet by Dlundlu1, uh, and um, there have been a few of uh, the sort. Uh, it says, Aubrey, how wrong I am for believing that Christianity in Africa uh, is the cause of Africa's lost souls that is stealing our being. No, it's not Christianity. Um, you know, there's um, a man who said, I wish I had met Christ before I met the Christian. So the problem is not Christ. The problem is not Christianity. The problem is the Christian who came to this country as a colonizer, who did the unchristian thing of exploiting and oppressing the people he and she found on this continent. That, I do not believe, is the fault of Christianity. That, I believe, is the fault of the Christian. I think we can distinguish um, between the two. Because if you are true to what is Christian, you then must accept that colonialism is unchristian. Apartheid is unchristian. Exploitation is unchristian. So we need to distinguish between the two. And what is worse about the Christian uh, who perpetrated colonialism, apartheid, and other evils is that in the process of oppression, you are not given a choice. There is no opportunity for you to choose between this religion that this Christian is putting in front of you and other options. But worse, you rob this non-Christian you find on the continent of his identity, of his language, of his spirituality. You rob him of himself. He becomes a hollow shell. 
That, I believe, is something the Christian who is a colonizer would not do if that Christian was faithful to what Christianity demands of him and her. Aubrey, I tell you what, from the comments and the questions coming through, there is a need uh, to have further discussions about other aspects of um, our spiritual life, our belief systems, and how how we actually integrate uh, when we do and those who choose not to and how we coexist with each other. But thank you so much. And uh, yeah, many, many messages. Please go and read them. And I'll also make sure that we storyfy many of the messages uh, so that you can go and have a look at them on safm.co.za. Thanks for your time this morning, Aubrey. You're most welcome. Thank you. a political analyst. And thanks for your contributions this morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them.